0: Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host... Anna Haviljana. Hey guys, welcome back to Addicted to Busy. So right before I sat down to record this, I just hopped off one of our weekly group coaching calls. And I have to say, I'm just really proud of the work that everyone is putting into this program and the ways that they are showing up for themselves. think one of the things that's really encouraging about moving this into a group setting is that people are starting to find that they're not alone in their struggles and they're not alone in how they're feeling about themselves and their capacity and their ability to stay on top of everything. So I'm celebrating everyone and I'm really excited to be back here with you today. So a few years ago, I found this article on BuzzFeed that was so good that I actually saved a copy of it on my computer. And I know that BuzzFeed is kind of that place where you go for quick, digestible, mind numbing entertainment. But I think that's why this article stopped me in my tracks. It's because it got me to think about love in a way that I hadn't before. So, to summarize the article, this girl wrote a poem about her biggest fear. And while many people fear heights or enclosed spaces, her biggest fear was falling in love with someone. And then that person eventually falling out of love with her. She says, nothing saddens and scares me like the thought that I can become ugly to someone who once thought all the stars were in my eyes. So this post that she makes goes viral. But it turns out that there was a follow-up to that original post. And that is the part that's so good that I'm not even gonna paraphrase it. I'm just gonna read it to you. She writes, I never expected this to be my most popular poem out of the hundreds I've written. I was extremely bitter and sad when I wrote this and I left out the most beautiful part of that class. After my teacher introduced us to this theory, she asked us, is love a feeling or is it a choice? We were all a bunch of teenagers. Naturally, we said it was a feeling. She said that if we clung to that belief, we'd never have a lasting relationship of any sort. She made us interview a dozen adults who were or had been married, and we asked them about their marriages and why it lasted or why it failed. And at the end, I asked every single person if love was an emotion or a choice. Everybody said that it was a choice. It was a conscious commitment. It was something you chose to make work every day with the person who has chosen the same thing. They all said that at one point in their marriage, the feeling of old love had vanished or faded and that they weren't happy. They said feelings are always changing, and you cannot build on something that will last on such a shaky foundation. The married one said that when things are bad, they chose to open the communication, chose to identify what broke and how to fix it, and chose to recreate something worth falling in love with. The divorced one said they chose to walk away. Ever since that class, since that project, I have never looked at relationships in the same way. Okay, girl, ever since your BuzzFeed article, I too have never looked at relationships in the same way. So believe it or not, I think that this also translates into how you feel about your job. Loving your job is a choice. And I can hear a lot of you eye rolling and saying, but Anna, people are calling me in the middle of the night and these emails never stop. But that's kind of my exact point. When you're saying that you can't love your job because of what it asks of you, you're giving away all of your power. You become dependent upon needing certain aspects of your job to change in order for you to feel better. Listen, finding the right person to fall in love with does not mean finding the perfect person. There is no person out there who isn't flawed and or difficult to live with we're all human, we're all unique. The best relationships aren't the ones that don't have any issues. The best relationships are the ones where each party can recognize and respect that they do have issues to overcome. What makes a difference isn't that we have no differences at all. What makes a difference is how we choose to handle our differences. But the caveat is that in order to do that, we have to advocate for ourselves and make our needs known. And the same is true for our jobs. I've watched people leave companies because they felt drowned in expectations, and yet they never said anything about their workload. In most cases, when people choose to leave a job, it's not necessarily because they didn't like what they were doing. It's more because they felt their needs were unseen or unheard. But this is the problem. Many people fear admitting that they can't keep up. Property management is a competitive industry, and we are rewarded with high salaries when we are capable of taking on more square footage or more doors. Our salary increases depend on us showing how much we've grown from year to year. There's a lot of people who are drowning in work. And rather than communicating their limits, they're pushing harder and harder to stay above water. They fear what others would think of them if their portfolio size decreased. They beat themselves up if they don't make it to their full bonus potential or if they don't get more than a 3% merit increase. So in essence, we aren't communicating our needs or our wants and then we leave. I actually tend to get really skeptical when I hear people slamming their previous employers or talking about companies that they've worked for that have had quote-unquote bad culture or work-life balance. And this isn't to blame or shame someone's experience. Their experience is 100% valid. And I've watched people burn out repeatedly. Burnout is a very devastating experience. But I also know firsthand how difficult it can be to humbly communicate that I'm not capable of something, or that I feel like I can't keep up. In many cases, rather than just feeling the pain of communicating a perceived inadequacy, people will just jump ship and hope that the next company will be better. The problem here is that they didn't build the courage to identify and clarify their needs or shortcomings without the fear of what their supervisors might think of them or how it could negatively impact their salary. This is an example of a one-way relationship where there is no give and take. But it's not necessarily on the company. It's on us to advocate for what we need. In many cases, our employers may not even be aware that we're drowning as badly as we are. There are a lot of people who are highly skilled at putting on a happy face and not letting their weaknesses show. According to the Harvard Business Review, sometimes we are logging extra hours at work because of a mix of inner drivers. Things like ambition, greed, anxiety, guilt, or pride. Now, alternatively, some researchers 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 have actually found that work is less stressful than our home lives. For some, work can be a haven, a place to feel confident and in control. I know for me that I was very guilty of any time I was having an argument with um, my now husband, I would just go to work. (laughs) I would literally go to work at 5 a.m. just to avoid confrontation with him. For me, Work did feel better than home in some cases. Whether you're overworking to prove your worth as an employee or whether you're overworking to avoid problems at home, the message is the same. You have a need that is likely not being met. Now, that's not to say that employers should say yes to every single request that we make. That is to say that you are human and you're not going to be able to handle every single task that comes your way. In some cases, you're gonna make requests and the answer will be no. But when you ask, you have done the hard work of identifying your need, being brave enough to ask for it, and then suggesting possible solutions. In my opinion, being honest with your employer when you're struggling is far more difficult than quitting your job and moving on. When you're honest about your experience, you have to get yourself to a place of vulnerability. You have to admit where you're falling short and you have to ask for help. In my opinion, it's far more admirable to bring your humanness to work than it is to just quit and start over. When I think back to previous companies that I've worked for, there's always this huge buzz when a high performer decides to leave. We get this false sense that those at the senior or regional level are there because they can handle everything. We can assume sometimes that the managers with the most doors or more square footage are these special unicorns who don't feel stress in the same way we do. And then when they leave, it's this big surprise. But the reality is, is that we don't know their experience and also that every human has limits. Whenever there's a buzz around a particular employee giving notice, It can oftentimes be a sign of limits being pushed or needs not being communicated. I've always felt that the property management industry draws in a large crowd of people-pleasers and perfectionists. And I think that's why some of our managers are so successful. But too much of a good thing can start to backfire. It's important to know ourselves well enough to recognize when our ways of doing things are helping us versus when they're starting to harm us. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you recently left a job, I do not want you to start shaming your choice. This episode is not intended to make you feel bad, it's intended to catch people who may be considering leaving their company in the hopes that another company will be better. Now, I'm also not trying to convince anyone to stay in their current job. My hope is, is that this podcast is going to shift your take on the challenges that you have at work and also your role in advocating for yourself. We can get the impression that the grass will be greener on the other side, but really, let's be honest, guys. If you've ever shifted properties, you know what's up. It is the same shit with a different flavor. As I mentioned, I think property management brings in a ton of people pleasers. And if you do not learn how to stop people pleasing in your current role, and then you go to another company, you're just going to be in the same pickle that you're in today. The only difference is going to be who writes your check every other week. So how do you learn to love your job? In order to discuss this, we've got to get just a little philosophical. We need darkness and shadow to make contrast from light. We need negative emotion in order to appreciate positive emotion. Good and bad continue to coexist, and things have to die so that other things can be reborn. Many people think of this as yin and yang. Or, as one of my favorite coaches, Brooke says, this is the 50-50 of life. If we accept the idea that our lives will consist of 50% positive experiences and also 50% negative experiences, we end up having a better experience of the world. So many of us have heard this messaging throughout our lives that says, I just want to be happy. I just want you to be happy. But what if being happy isn't the point? When we have the expectation that we should be happy all of the time, there's this problem when we're not happy. But on the flip side, if you anticipate that part of your life you will be unhappy, there's no longer a problem. When you're unhappy, it's just a normal part of human life and then you can trust that it will pass. Listen, we need stress in order to appreciate peace. We have to have grief in order to appreciate life and we need disappointment in order to appreciate surprise. Learning how to love your job takes many steps. <laughs> That's why our coaching program is six months long. It's a process. But today we're just going to start with the simplest one. And that is that accepting half of the time, this job is going to be growing and challenging. And then because of that, we need to really learn how to savor the days when it's rewarding and fulfilling. We get into trouble when we start to measure each day against the best day at work. This sets us up for failure, and with that, we can start to become disenchanted with the job. When we're stuck wishing that our coworker would pick up the slack or that our boss would get off of our case, we're simply arguing with the reality that people are complex beings. Learning to love your job does not mean that you stay in your job. There are a lot of you out there who are working at companies with unrealistic expectations. But it's more common that we as employees haven't set healthy boundaries or properly communicated our needs. It's more common that when we're faced with a challenge, we're resisting the 50% part of our job that is supposed to suck. The difference is that If and when you decide you're going to leave a current job, it's not because something out there is better. It's because you know without a doubt that your values don't match up with the company values and that's okay. You will have good days, you're gonna have good weeks, but then you're also gonna have weeks where nothing goes as planned and none of your properties are functioning as it should. The absence of those good days doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong. Everything is just as it should be. Thank you for listening today. I know a lot of you are in a struggle fest as you're currently in the midst of budget season and year end. And we have a great community of managers who are all doing this work together. So if this podcast is resonating with you, please hop on over to our website and learn more about our group coaching program. I'm at anahobaliana.com. That's A double N A J A V as in vivacious E double L A N A dot com. I love you. Keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.